All right, we are here for a chat. This is one of our Missouri House Democrats on for a chat, and I have got Jesse Shepard. She's running in the 114th district here in the state of Missouri. Jesse, thanks for joining me. Thanks for hopping on, and uh, how you doing over there? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, so we, we were chatting a little bit uh, beforehand. So this is this your first podcast interview, this first interview like this, like this real format? Yes, it is my first podcast. So. Okay. All right. Well, we will be uh, as kind as we can be. So my first question <laughs> is, what gives you the right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> my, first, uh, uh, my first question is is a really simple one in, you know, in the words, but I think it's a sometimes it's the most difficult thing to answer, which is why? What really why uh, put your name down? Why run for office? Why put your name out there and subject yourself to the potential scrutiny and everything under the sun that goes with running for office? So I think for me, the main reason why I decided to run for office is because I am passionate about my community. Um, and I feel like oftentimes we hear if you're not happy with the way things are, then maybe you should leave. Right. And I would obviously counter that by saying, you know, if you have a leak in your roof, do you leave your house and find a new house? No, you stay there and you fix it because that's yeah. your home. And for me, I've noticed um, many, many times in the past several years and in even probably the last 20 years that our legislature doesn't seem to reflect the wants and the needs and even the makeup of the, the general population of Missouri. I think we need more people running for office who can relate to you and I and regular citizens of, of the state. Yeah, that, that is a good point because, I mean, it, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a limit to that. I would fix my roof uh, if I found like a den of, you know, venomous spiders. I might just move or burn the whole thing down. But <laughs> but, but you make a good point of where am I going to go? This is my home, right? I mean, your, your, your district is your home, the 114th district. Where is that? What part of the state is that in? So it's in Jefferson County, Missouri. Um, currently, the 114th district, it actually didn't change very much at all during redistricting. Uh, it covers Festus, Crystal City, Herculaneum, Peevely, and then we have a lot of unincorporated areas in Jefferson mm -hmm. County. So there's a lot of unincorporated areas that it, it covers as well. And I actually uh, grew up just right down the road in Hillsboro, which is about 20 minutes from my home now where I live in Herculaneum. Herculaneum, I have a very distinct bad memory um, that has nothing to do with you. So don't worry. But when I was, I was, I was probably like 10, I think, uh, and on my high school football team, I uh, went to Warrington and they made it to the semifinals or whatever it was. And we had to go to Herculaneum and, and play the game and they lost on a, you know, they had a chance to win the game on the last play. So I can still see the field at Herculaneum. I remember walking up a long hill to get to the football field uh, to watch that game. So that's my memory of the 114th district is, is that. So my, my uh, only football memory would be that um, as a Hillsborough high school graduate, our mascot was the Hawk, which is, you know, great, but I was always a little jealous of Herculaneum because their mascots, the black cats. Yeah. No, it just always seemed cool. like a really, really bad, like a pretty <laughs> awesome mascot. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you think qualifies you other than being passionate about what's going on? What do you think qualifies you to represent your district? Well, professionally speaking, I work in uh, disability supports and advocacy and about 95% of my job currently is 
listening to the needs of people and connecting them with resources in their community and helping individuals um, with developmental disabilities identify problem areas in their life and finding solutions to those things. It sounds a lot and like think, a state representative who's doing exactly, services. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, and it was also a lot of the, the outreach and advocacy that I've done for disability rights and funding for disability related programming um, really is what got me in tune with what's happening in Jeff City because all of that comes down from Jeff City. What got you into disability work? That is an interesting story. Um, I actually went, when I went to college, I was studying to become a sign language interpreter. And I never truly felt that I grasped the language well enough to be an interpreter with it. And I thought, well, what else can I do with this skill that I've gained? And a lot of people um, on the autism spectrum, or even people who aren't deaf, um, do use sign language to communicate because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it, it's just a preferred method of communication for some, even if they can hear. So that kind of, you know, that's where I got my foot in the door. I worked in some uh, day programs for several years, and now I currently work in, um, it's called an ISLA support, which there are several different ISLA programs mm -hmm. um, that have completely different uh communities of people that they support with different levels of support needs. Um, so the program that I'm in is independent supported living arrangements. And so everyone that I support receives 10 or less hours support a week. They have to live in their own home. They can't live with a parent or guardian. So many of the people that I support are out working in the community. A lot of them drive their own cars. A few of them even own their own homes. So we're just there to help them catch those things that might through fall through the cracks. Yeah, that's interesting, the the sign language interpreter aspect of it. That one of our shows, The Delta, that comes out uh, on uh, Wednesdays, for the most part, uh, with Nicholas and Christina, she is a sign language interpreter. Uh, that's what she does day in and day out. Uh, and I had never thought about that aspect of it, not necessarily needing to be a formal thing, but something that could bridge gaps uh, for folks. Absolutely, uh, Just yeah. general nonverbal use in, in, of it, uh, so to speak. Um so what is the issue for you? I mean, working in disability, I imagine that that drives you a lot, but what is the the sort of North Star for you that, that keeps you, you know, you got to knock another door. What makes the feet move forward? Well, obviously in the last several months that that's kind of been changed a little bit. Uh, <laughs> when I first filed to run, it was education. I feel like education is one of the biggest problem areas in Missouri right now. That, that um, was enough to get you in at least. Yes, absolutely. And, and the reason why I think education is so very important is because I really do think it, it kind of connects a lot of the other problems that the state has. When you talk about things like uh, homeless populations or crime, Typically, the whole reason why people turn to crime or why people can become homeless is because of a lack of education, or sometimes it's going to be an addiction related issue or a mental health related issue. And education, mental health, and the opioid crisis are, are all things that I feel like Missouri needs to focus on to uh, move forward as a state. So, what do you think makes you the right choice for your district, right? Not just why are you qualified, but when they're looking at who do I vote for? What's the case for you over somebody else? You know, I think 
I asked a friend group a, a long time ago when I was getting ready to go for a job interview and I was trying to prep for a job interview. And, you know, they always ask you, you know, how do your friends describe you or what are your strengths and weaknesses? And I think it's best to answer a question like that by asking people who know you and get, get the answer from, you know, outside of yourself. And one of the answers that I got was that I'm a very diplomatic person, which I never worded it that way before, but I can actually, in my opinion, I see it as a little bit of a blessing and a curse that I've always been able to see both sides of a story, uh, both sides of an opinion. If, if someone's opinion is different than my own, even if I don't agree with that opinion, I can usually understand how they reached that opinion. And, and I think that's important right now at this moment in politics, we are at such a divided situation and such a black and people feel very black and white. And I'm right. You're wrong. Right. And it's not always that clear. Right. Um, you know, so people who hold opinions different than our own are not always wrong. They just got to a different conclusion by following a different route to get there. And I think it's important for people to understand that um, in order to help each other and in order to get legislation done and move things forward in Jeff City. It can't be so I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah, it seems anathema to representing somebody if you're not willing to listen to someone that you might disagree with in the first place. But if you're job is to be their voice for a government entity, uh, it seems like you ought to be able to listen to that person, which frankly seems like something we're missing a ton of right now in a lot of districts. In Absolutely. And, and the reason why I say that it's a blessing and a curse is sometimes I feel some resistance and pushback to people who actually share the same opinion as myself whenever you, know, you sort of play that devil's advocate and say, okay, but these people feel this way because... Then they're like, well, you're defending them. Well, no, I'm not defending them. I'm just saying right. I can understand how they got to that conclusion. Yeah, it's it's a tricky thing to do. It's something that mm -hmm. uh, we before we started recording, I mentioned I do a lot of divorce work. And it's a big part of effective advocacy in a dissolution case, especially when there's kids involved, is being able to help folks understand, uh, you know, sometimes there is bad and sometimes there's just difference. And difference uh, can be just fine right for for the other person it can be totally acceptable uh it may not be for you right it might not be your preference um and you know it's it, maybe it oversimplifies it but uh you know it's coke and pepsi right I, I think pepsi is abominable i can't believe anybody drinks it uh but for the people who like it you know why sh why is that wrong right why is that a bad thing inherently if they want to drink a pepsi and i'd prefer to have a coke i guess Absolutely. For the record, I prefer Dr. Pepper over either. Well, obviously, I mean, it's a <laughs> superior soda product, but <laughs> but that's just not fair. It's got, it's got much better flavoring. Uh, so if folks are in a place where they feel pretty secure about what's going on around them and they want to help out, uh, what's the best way? How can they find you uh, to help out? You know, what's the social media? What's the, the website? All that stuff. So I am Shepherd for Mo on pretty much every social and my website as well. So that's going to be uh, Shepherd S H E P H E R D the word for F O R M O uh, dot com or that's the handle on Facebook and Twitter as well. Excellent. We'll be sure to have all that linked in there. 
so Jesse Shepard running for office, Missouri House District 114. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, hey, best of luck out there. We look forward to talking with Representative Shepard uh, during session next year. I look forward to that too, Adam. Thanks a lot. Hey folks, Adam Summer here. Just wanted to remind you, you can get signed up for our Patreon. You can get links to all of our shows, information about our hosts and what we do over at heartlandpod.com. Sign up for our Patreon. You get extra episodes, extra access. You can also follow us on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and of course on Twitter. We love to interact over there with at the Heartland Pod on Twitter. Just search for us and find the three leaves. Any place you find podcasts or social media will be there. Give us a rating if you can. Five stars. Really appreciate it. And now let's get back to the show. All right, we're here for a chat with our Mo House Dems folks, and this is one of our candidates. I have got Kyle Kearns, Kyle Kearns for Mo. Uh, Kyle, how you doing? And uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, doing well. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. Looked like uh, if I caught right from your social media, we're recording this on Sunday the 4th. Looked like you got caught in a little bit of a deluge today <laughs> trying to get some literature out to folks. Hope, hope everything's dry and good to go. Yeah, that's right. You know, we dealt uh, we dealt with the heat and humidity all summer, and then uh, we got the rain showers this weekend. But um, but we're still out and still knocking doors and still getting it done. So. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So tell folks where you run in, what's your district number, uh, and and just kind of what it, what it encompasses. Yeah, so I have District ninety four, and uh, that's South St. Louis County. So it gets a little bit of Oakville, a little bit of Lime, and a little bit of Tesson Ferry. If you're familiar with it, uh, sure. so it goes. Um, eastern border is the uh, is the river, and then the western border is Tesson Ferry. Um, north and south, it goes a little bit above 255, and um, and then down part, partially into Oakville on the south. So that uh, the Tesson Ferry that makes me think of when I was a kid. There was I think it was like the Discovery Zone or something like that. It was like <laughs> some like play place that had commercials all the time, and and it always oh that's like, funny. Tesson Ferry, you know, it just felt like it was like a, like so far away from me. Uh, out, out in hey, well, that would have been, yeah, from where from where you grew up. But yeah, actually, yeah. I didn't grow up uh, around here, so uh, so any of that is uh, is all new to me. So, <laughs> so, what where are you coming from? How long you been in Missouri? Uh, so I grew up in Missouri, but I uh, I grew up in Northwest Missouri. Um, oh, near, okay. uh, so grew up on a farm um, near the town of Hale. Um, up in, uh, in, I grew up in Livingston County um, up there. So, uh, and then moved to, I uh, went to school at Missouri State down in Springfield. Uh, I'm an accountant, I'm a CPA, got my license there. And then I've lived in St. Louis now for 20 years. So, so you've kind of got the triangle, the Missouri triangle, <laughs> uh, so to speak. I, mine's a straight line. Right. I started east and then I had school right. in central Missouri. Now I'm on the west side. So it's kind of the I 70 yep. corridor. So, yeah, exactly. So what is it for you, you know, day like today where you're out there, it's raining, you got the lit, you're doing your thing. What, what makes you do that? Why are you running for office? Why put your name down on a ballot? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's something that, uh, that that's crossed my mind for, for a while. You know, I don't think this is anything that anybody jumps into on a, on a split second decision, but, but I just, you know, just recently I've just gotten so tired of the, just the extreme nature of, of things. And especially in Missouri where we have just, it just seems like no one is actually listening to the people. Yeah. And I really think that that's an opportunity that, that I have and that we have in general to, to really step up and really felt like, you know, now's the time, uh, if, if no one's else is going to do it, then why wouldn't it be me? And, and so jumped in and that's really what, 
what motivates me to get out and, and knock the doors is just to be able to tell people that somebody's here and we're going to listen and we're going to actually try to do what you um, think needs to be done in the state. So you mentioned you're a CPA. Uh, but other than that, I mean, what is it that qualifies you to represent your district? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it is. I think it's it, it goes back to that. It's the fact that, you know, I've lived in this district for over 20 years now. Um, so I understand where, you know, the, the bulk of the people are coming from um, in this district. But also because I'm a CPA and also just because I, um, you know, I work with people, I understand what it's like, the, the need to have to, to listen. And, you know, I've led people over the years in, in different leadership capacities. So I've had to, you know, manage that and make sure that even the voices that aren't in the majority, even the voices that, um, you know, the, that we have to work through, that they also get heard and that they feel respected. And, and that's the piece that I, that I really think I can bring to the table. What is the issue? What's the thing that drives you, you know, in, in that rainstorm? What makes you keep walking <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, instead of, you know, it'd be so easy in that moment to just be like, toss it all in the trash. And instead, you you know, you posted that picture, you had the pamphlets all laid out to dry so you could continue to use them. You know, what is the issue that right. makes you do right. that kind of work? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me really is, is just the education factor. So I grew up, um, like I said, I grew up in a small town. The, uh, the, my K through 12 had about 200 people in it. Um, so, so it's a small town and, and I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't the fact that we had a great public education system. I have a mom who, who taught for over 30 years. I have uh, two brothers-in-law, one's in administration and, um, and the other one just retired. I have a sister who's a teacher. So education is just ingrained. And, and I truly believe that education is what moves people ahead. And I believe it's what's, what separates Missouri as a great place. And, and I think that we have seen in the recent years the, the tearing down of our educational system yeah. and the way that you know, not only teachers that are, that are underpaid, but just the, the fact that there's such a lack of respect now for people who are actually trying to do, trying to, to make um, the future generation's prospects great. And, and I think we've got to, we've got to stem that, that tide and, and really put more money into education and, and that respect factor so that our, our kids grow up with a good educational system, that they graduate from high school and they go on to good trade schools, to community colleges or a four-year university, whichever they choose, so that then they have great jobs and then they can stay in Missouri as well. Because the fact of the matter is, I mean, we're losing people. And I think a lot of that comes back to the fact that, that, that they don't have those opportunities anymore. So that's really the piece that, that really makes me go. So what is it that makes you the best pick for your district as opposed to uh, an opponent in the district? Why should, you know, what justifies you as the right choice for them? Yeah. I mean, I think it really is that that the you know the my opponent in this is just is 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 so much on the extreme end of things in Missouri politics, and I I don't think that that's where not only the district is but also the entire state, and I think that I can do a better job of representing that because I am willing to meet people where they are and and actually have those discussions, whereas I, I'm not on the extreme end of it. And so I'm not 
trying to have an agenda that is not the agenda of the people that are in this district. And so that's really where I think that, that I can separate myself is by saying that I, I actually represent the people rather than the um, Republican Party that, that he represents most of the time. It looks like this was a decently close race in 2020, different Democratic candidate. But I mean, it was basically a thousand vote difference. Uh, I mean, this has got to be one that you're feeling like the right work. And, you know, if you get enough folks behind you knocking doors and and, and a little money in the coffers, you got to feel like there's a real chance here, right? Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I, you know, I. Every, everything I do, I go into in it to win, and um, and I think that, that we're in this to win it, and I think that we can. It is. It's been a historically very close district, you know, with some with the redrawing of the boundaries. You know, obviously that changed a little bit, so we don't know exactly where it is, but it's still definitely a district that we can win, and it's a district that we should win. Um, you know, this is this is an area that is, you know, if you if you go a little bit north of here, um, very democratic. Um, and so, you know, as that is really shifting, this is really a, a prime opportunity for us to really make some inroads in the state. And and again, going back to my background, I think that that these are the places that we need to win so that we can really expand that that map of Missouri and show that, that you know we're not just within the urban areas. We can also pick up some of these suburbs and start spreading that um, message out even farther. So, how do folks find you to help? Because this is definitely one that. You know, you're you're in that South St. Louis area. There's a lot of districts really close. There's plenty of districts around there where maybe they don't need as much help, uh, and a little right. bit extra on yours could 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 help us flip a seat uh, for legislature. So, how can folks do that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously, if you can, you know, spare a, a few bucks, um, that is uh, very appreciated. If you can come knock on doors with us, we absolutely need that as well. Um, so you can do any of that. You can reach out for me. I'm Kearns for Mo on everything. So it's K-E-R-N-S-F-O-R-M-O. Um, that's the website, that's the Twitter handle and the Facebook page as well. So you can uh, you can definitely find out ways to get involved on the campaign anywhere on there. Excellent. Kyle Kearns running in the 94th district here in Missouri. Appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the pod and uh, looking forward to talking to Representative Kearns uh, next session. (laughs) Absolutely. You got it. All right. We are here for a chat. This is part of our Missouri House candidate chat series. I have Ginger Witte, who is running in Missouri House District 156 for the Missouri State Legislature. Uh, Ginger, thanks for joining me. Thanks for hopping on the Heartland Pod. How are you doing over there? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So District 156, what part of the state are we in? Um, It is Branson. Um, Actually, it's Branson, Hollister, and then there's some very small communities, Rockway Beach, Merriam Woods, and Walnut Shade. But it's probably one of the smaller geographic areas. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's got to be a pretty populated uh, stretch right there if you've got Branson and Hollister all Yes. Uh, stuck in there. So so that means that you would be the representative for the one and only, and I know there's multiple locations now, but the, the original location of Mr. G's Italian uh, right down there in Hollister. Yes, Mr. Gilberti's. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, every time I'm down that direction, that is... I, my wife thought I was crazy I'm driving her down there, and she's like, is this place really that good? I'm like, I'm telling you. You're gonna you're gonna thank me for taking you, and she was very happy. So, yeah, I love that spot. Love that spot. So, uh, let's let's get into sort of the the nuts and bolts here of running. Right? Why are you running? Why 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 put your name on that sheet and and ask folks to vote for you? 
Well, actually, because I couldn't find anyone else. But uh, <laughs> the rest of that story is I'm a retired teacher and school counselor. And so I've been um, active. I'm actually president of the retired, the Tri-Lakes Retired Teachers. And so we keep a pretty, pretty close um, pulse on the, the legislators because mm -hmm. that affects our retirement. Sure. And um, so anyway, I, I could see that, that Brian Seitz was really not voting exactly the way we would like. Um, he co-sponsored House Bill 349, which was the one that opened, it passed in 2021, but it opened um, the way for the empowerment scholarships, which is public right. funding for private schools. Right. And um, so anyway, I couldn't find anyone else. And then when he was named a school choice champion, I thought, uh oh, that, there's my sign. I'm going to have to jump in. So yeah. I did. So I filed on, on March 8th and here I am. So what do you think qualifies you then to represent your district? You know, what is it about Ginger Witty that makes her the right, you know, person for the 156? Well, um, the incumbent Brian Seitz has described himself as being to the right of the right. And quite honestly, I think extreme partisanship is what's wrong with uh, politics today. People are more concerned with um, voting for the party over people and right. I believe that we need to replace party rule with the golden rule. Um, he described he himself with the most money makes all the rules, the golden rule, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So absolutely. But um, so he can have that lane for the, those people who consider themselves to be to the right of the right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but if you're just a Republican, or all the way over to progressives, then um, I really think I'm your candidate. And I, I've also been encouraged. There's um, a guy that I walk with, a guy and a lady, and he is a Trump Republican, um, said he's never voted for a Democrat before in his life, but he's my one of my biggest fans. He tells everyone we meet that that he's voting for me and that um, he if every Repub if every Democrat were like Ginger, he, he'd become a Democrat. So what do you think that means? What do you think it means if every Democrat were like Ginger? Like what's different about you from other Democrats? Well, I think that he understands that I really do care about all people. And I, I recognize that I'm certainly in a minority in, um, in Taney County. I, I am a Taney County native though. So I've always been in the minority. Um, you know, uh, Joe Biden got 20% of the vote in 2020. And I think most people have just written off this, um, this district and saying, well, you know, it's nice of Ginger to run, but she's not going to win. And I intend to win um, because I think that um, Brian Seitz's extreme um, partisan views yeah. um, are, do not represent um, the people of, of Branson and Hollister in the 156. Well, that is, I mean, obviously I've spent a little bit of time there to know, you know, Mr. G's, that's a pretty, I would call it a fairly local <laughs> type yes. establishment. Yeah, um, but, you know, what does it leave on the table? If you're to the right of the right, how does that help folks in that area? I mean, you know, the issues there would be, you know, tourism and flood control and, and Absolutely. You know, roads. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. And and it, it doesn't it, it doesn't help us. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I think that some of his views could uh, or I don't even know what the fallout may be, but I know that he had introduced um, a, a CRT bill, critical race theory, you know, banning the teaching mm -hmm. of critical race theory. Big problem down there, I assume. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> know, scourge and Taney County. Yeah. Well, critical race theory is not being taught in, in any public school in Missouri, except 
maybe in Kansas City. There was, I, I've looked at several different studies, um, but he wants to outlaw it even in colleges and universities right. where I would say, oh, let's solve that problem. Just don't sign up for that class right. if you don't want to take it. But his bill goes a little further. Um, it was House Bill 1634, and he not only uh, would ban the teaching of critical race theory, but it also includes um, banning like the 1619 Project Initiative of the New York Times, as well as BLM at school, which is Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. at school. And um, I think most of us remember in 2017, when um, the NAACP issued a travel warning for right. Missouri. And so we're finally kind of recovering from that and to have the state representative from Branson right. to try to outlaw BLM, even in colleges and universities, right. then I, I don't think that that really speaks about um, what we're about here in Branson because we're welcoming and um, I, I don't think that Brian Seitz speaks for us. Yeah, I mean, the entire, essentially the entire local economy is based on tourism and repeat tourism is great, but you can't count on the folks who are comfortable being there as being the source of revenue for a tourist based economy. It doesn't make sense. You got to have a broad, you know, net that can be cast and, and make it so a place that folks can come and feel like they're supposed to be there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Obviously, education drives you. That's yes. no question there. A retired yes. educator and everything that yes. goes along with that. Other than education, what is the thing that keeps you knocking doors and running this race? Um, well, uh, voting rights. Um, I'm active with the Missouri Voter Protection Coalition. Um, I was the founding president of the Tri-Lakes League of Women Voters, but okay. I'm no longer president because it's nonpartisan. But right. I'm still active um, with the league just as a, as a member and with the Missouri Voter Protection Coalition. And this year, there, you know, our voting rights were under attack. Um, House Bill 1878 did pass. Um, at the election omnibus bill, but one of the other bills that, um, I, as I recall, I think that we only were able to keep it from passing by um, filibustering it by the Senate Democrats, and that was um, a bill to say that um, to stop the initiative process. So right now, you know, if people want a certain law passed, then they get together with friends, and then they decide, oh, let's let's write this law. You have to get um, eight percent. Uh, registered uh, registered voter signatures in six of eight um, congressional districts, and then it passes, you know, by a simple majority. If they once the signatures are verified and it's on the ballot, well, the law that they tried to get passed was that you had to get 10% of registered voter signatures in all eight of eight congressional districts, and it could only pass if you got 60% of registered voters to vote for it. Well. Sometimes we don't have 60% of the voters that even show up. Right. So that would be, so it would be impossible. And, and that just kind of, I think is indicative of an arrogance that I see with the um, Missouri house now that, you know, they, they know better for us than, than we do. Um, you know, the Medicaid expansion, we voted for it and they said, Oh no, can't do that. And then, so we voted for it again. And even now I see that we're, ranked last as far as the, the time frame for actually getting people, you know, enrolled in Medicaid, you know, the processing time is, is, is much slower than it's supposed to be. Right. Right. So, so what do you think you've talked about kind of the extremism angle, but, but why are you so much the right choice 
for your district versus your opponent. We've talked about why you're qualified, mm-hmm. but, but what's your case to a, to somebody who says, you know, I, I'm a Republican and I vote for Republicans. What's that case? Well, I I am much more concerned, I think, with with representing the 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 average Republican, quite honestly, than than my opponent is because he makes no bones about it. He says he's to the right of the right and, and all of his, um, you know, his bills and stuff clearly indicate that. Whereas I'm going to listen. And, and also I, I, I get along with, well, with other people. Um, I am a Taney County native. So I, you know, grew up with um, getting along with, with Republicans and finding common ground. You know, mm. my parents, one was a Republican, one was a Democrat, but yet they were happily married. And so I see how we can come together and work to solve problems as opposed to just try to, you know, further our party platform. And I, I am a moderate Democrat. You know, I, I heard I think he thinks I'm far left, but I'm, I'm really more of a moderate Democrat. What does that mean to you to be a moderate Democrat? Because the more folks I talk to, the more, you know, I, I use the term pragmatic progressive to describe myself. But even then, there's folks who take the word progressive and they'll say it means something, you know, that's only on the left, that it's only an applicable term to the left. Um, What do you mean by moderate Democrat? Well, um, because I look at the the issue and try to figure out where we can find common ground. And um, and so I'm going to vote for what I, I really do think that that the people that my constituents would want, as long as it doesn't conflict completely with with um, with who I am. Um, sure. So sure. anyway, I, I think that we can, you know, find um, common ground. And, um, you know, I really enjoy people. So I'm having a wonderful time getting to meet all of the all of the people in the the 156. You know, I'm active in, you know, the chamber meetings and um, various places just to meet people. I'm, I'm always out there. And so I, I really do care about trying to represent all people. And I think just the statement that he made that he's to the right of the right and he's OK with that. He, he has no intention of representing anyone who's not where he is, where I do. I, I'm going to do my best to try to say, hey, well, here, you know, I, I will go ahead and vote for this. And I think I can represent the majority of the citizens of the 156. What's something that's coming up as you're knocking doors? Is is there a, a you know a theme that's coming up in conversation with folks along those lines? Well, um, yes, and and one of those um, is that um, there it, it's just is a, a personality issue. But but a lot of them are not fans of Brian Seitz because I think that he is so far to the left, and so. Um, and so then that gives me certainly more a reason to say, well, I, I'm the, the alternative. Sure. As far as other issues, I was trying to think of a lot of times people just um, are, are happy to listen and usually just very polite. Um, sometimes, you know, issues come up that someone was talking about school lunches and I'm like, well, but they meant locally school lunches. And I'm like, OK, well, um, I, I understand your concern, you know, but they aren't really. Missouri house type issues. Sure. Sure. So how do folks, uh, if they're in a district where they feel like it's a pretty comfortable race and they want to try to reach out and help somebody uh, like ginger in the one fifty six, how do they do that? How do they get a hold of you website, social yes. media, social tell, media, tell how to find you um, witty for one fifty six. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. And 
one thing that I didn't realize was that it's very expensive to run a campaign. Mm -hmm. And um, when I first announced that I was running, I, I was very humbled. Lots of friends, you know, opened their checkbooks and they were happy to send me money and everything. I thought, oh, this is great. And so I didn't take it too, too earnestly whenever, you know, the, the um, people in charge of the, the candidates here were saying, you need to be calling people and asking for money. And I'm like, well, I hate to ask people for money. And, but uh, I'm going to have to start calling people and asking them for money because, you know, I, I do have signs, but my opponent, he had signs from his last election. So he has a lot more signs than I do. So I need to buy more signs. And that's, you know, hundreds of dollars. I need to do a mailing and that's probably $2,000. And I, I also realize now that lots of people started running a year ago. So they've had a little more time than I have to make to raise money. So money would be good. Um, I do have a website. Um, it's, um, it, it'll be linked, I know, on this uh, mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, and I do have a, a volunteer form. So there are several different ways that you can volunteer. If you'd like to knock on doors, I'd love to have your help. Um, if you'd like to call people or text people, that's on there. There's several different things. So if you go to my website, um, it links to the volunteer opportunities. Excellent. Well, we've been talking with Ginger Witty, the Missouri 156. I appreciate your time and uh, hey, best of luck out there. Okay, great. Thank you so much. The Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com, online with heartlandpod.com, subscribe, and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show. <laughs>